Basha is a happy mum and totally in love with her four-year-old sunshine boy. When she and her husband decided to have kids, they knew they would like to have more than one. The first one came easily. The second is a different story. Basha talks about her path to acceptance and the longing and determination that accompany her in hoping for a second child. She also gives helpful insights into how to communicate with someone who's trying to conceive. I'm Alice Dadler-Stewart, and this is Infertility and Us. Good morning, Basha. Good morning, Anna. It's so good to see you. We just did a little visualization exercise to relax, and we both imagined that we were on a beautiful sunny beach with palm trees, warm sand between our toes and margaritas. So mentally that's where we are. And today we're talking about something that I know is really close to your heart. And you just shared with me a really beautiful intention. I was wondering if you would be okay to share that with everyone listening. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me and having this conversation. I already love it i would start it with you on this beach you took me to this warm place and i found peace right away within a couple of minutes i already feel so much better and the intention for today for me is to share my story hoping it helps some women to find courage to talk about their stories to raise awareness and also there is a part, it, it's part of my process for owning my story. And I love that this conversation is a part of that process. So Basha, you are a mom to a wonderful sunshine boy. Mm-hmm. And so we are actually talking about the chapter that you're currently in, and that is navigating what is called secondary infertility, something that I know a lot of our listeners are touched by. And therefore, I'm really grateful that you're bringing your voice to this experience. So shall we start there? Where are you right now on your own journey? Not long ago, I didn't know it existed. I thought it was just you are either facing infertility or not. Since I have a child, I thought, I'm good. I don't have the problem. And I am discovering more and more facts and figures about the topic of secondary infertility and also how common it is and how how many different emotions it, it evokes. And yeah, this is definitely where I am right now. I am a very happy, proud mom of a beautiful sunshine. But once we decided with my partner to have children, we knew we would like to have more than one. So there is still this space we're holding and hoping to fill with one more family member. At the same time, I am working on acceptance of the situation of the diagnosis, of not being able to control certain things and accepting the emotions, the states that my body is going through and my mind. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really curious, being an outsider to this story, about your experience being a mother to this wonderful boy and at the same time also holding that longing for that other family member to join him and to join you in your family. I'm wondering what is that like, holding those two truths at the mm-hmm. same time? Yeah, it's true. Sometimes I wonder, like, why is it that, so is he not enough? Where is this coming from? Is it, is it this picture we are primed with that the family of four is the full family? There has to be a boy and a girl. Is it really coming from me or is it implanted by society? But I feel it. I have this longing. And if I can be honest, I think it's a longing for a girl. I feel there's this energy waiting to find a body to become another human being. I know how to better explain it, but I have to accept it that maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe this is something I imagine. Yeah. You mentioned that there are lots of different emotions that you are experiencing in this situation Mm -hmm. that you are in the process of working through what emotions are present for you on this journey oh it's a roller coaster so there are phases directly related to the menstrual cycle with the hopes being up when it's time to conceive and then a disappointment when you realize it didn't work again Or in my case, it's also that my cycles are very irregular. So since I track my cycles, I have this Ava bracelet tracker and it asks me actually when it's time, it forecasts the period every morning when I synchronize it with my phone, I have to say, no, no, it's not here yet. And it actually gives a very negative start to my day. All those small things add up being my positive self to me this is building this resilience muscle sure i could just drop it that wear that tracker but since i have this overall goal to have better understanding or data on my cycle whatever there is that i can use to help me to get closer to my wish of having a second child, I'm ready to scar myself a bit by doing it. And also there is when a woman is trying to conceive, is hyper-focusing on all these symptoms, right? Every time you think you're pregnant because something hurt, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe the, the egg is implanting now or I don't know, but it, it, it Maybe it's a good sign or maybe it's a bad sign and you're just hypervigilant for all these little things and it brings hope, but then you think it's maybe something bad and it just provokes this avalanche of thoughts that is exhausting. And sometimes I wish there was a switch off button for all this. And sometimes I really want to be so in tuned and listening to every little signal I'm getting from my body because it's so important. So yeah, it's always this finding balance and being torn in between 
how much you have to be engaged and actively doing something towards it and letting go and mm. let the magic happen. And yeah, when you let it go, then it happens. This is what we hear. Yeah, well, what if it doesn't? Mm. How do you switch it off? How do you control it? It's all this. Yeah, it's a big old steaming pot of soup, isn't it? There's so many yeah. ingredients in there. And oh, yeah. Sometimes the soup is happily simmering away and other times it's bubbling and you get burned. Yeah. Gosh. And fed up with it. And sometimes you're craving for more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we want to turn the pot off and be like, hey, I need a break. I need to not think about this for a day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very interesting process to be a part of because biologically speaking, it's happening every day. We're reminded every day of of our goal, like you say, that the positive thing, what we're working towards. But also, depending on where we are in our cycle, we're reminded of what's not happening. And that can be painful, depending on how we're feeling, also mentally in that moment. It's a roller coaster, just like you say. Yeah. Rasha, you talk about this with such poise and I really respect the way that you move through this and talk through this, knowing that there is pain there. What or who helps you ride this roller coaster? I'm an extrovert and I process things when I talk with people that are close to me. Network is very important to me and I feel and know that there's so much power in females coming together. I'm a strong believer of that. So this is therapy for me to talk about these topics, find out about other women's stories. It's very healing, very important. But also I realized how hugely important it is to have this internal dialogue. And I'm so grateful that a year ago, I participated in the gratitude challenge and that helped me to strengthen that muscle. I did it through the month of December and two months later, I got pregnant and then I lost it. And I was so happy that I had these tools freshly trained that really helped me to see the bright side of things that seemed so dark in the first moment when I got the information about what happened. It's so important to take care of oneself and take the time to have these internal checks and build out these tools to have the mental strength and emotional connection with the deep self. That's amazing. And that's a really important thing that you talk about is, is that internal dialogue. And that will look different and sound different for everyone. I'm hearing that gratitude is a part of that. And I'm really happy to hear that that gave you tools also to deal with loss. It's almost an interesting question. I'm wondering what your inner dialogue sounds like. Like, do you talk to yourself out loud? Do you write things down? Are there certain things or phrases that you say to yourself or certain passages and books that you read to kind of activate that? It's almost like asking, yeah, what's that little voice in your head? Yeah. Like, 
because I certainly have one. I'm happy to admit it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me a bit more about your inner dialogue there. So yeah, you checked all the boxes, all the above, and also writing. This is my therapy. I used to do it a lot more. I try to get back to it, especially when I'm in the low. Then I really find it very helpful to write something down, write my feelings. Because often I, I just feel that there is something boiling, something is bugging me, something hurt me, or I had this reaction. And then I ask myself, why? So why is it so? And I try to put it apart and then put my finger on it. Where do I feel it in my body and what can be the cause and how I can make peace with it? So sometimes it is a bit putting pressure on the point that hurts. But I know that in long term, it pays off to work on it and make it less hurtful in the long run. And keeping my eyes out for resources, things that lift me up, different podcasts, different books, blogs. This might be a good segue because it sounds like you have a lot of really wonderful tools that help you self-soothe so to help you look after yourself Mm. and that is really wonderful and important for us all to figure out what that looks like how do we support ourselves best um, also in those low moments and the other part is also having a wonderful support network and you mentioned this that talking has helped you hearing other people's stories has helped you networking I know that you're very active in many different communities And I can see that that brings you a lot of energy and joy. And so, yeah, having a really strong support network can be so helpful and cathartic, I would say, on this journey. And as a part of that network, potentially, it's different for everyone. But in there is also the partner, friends, family members. And so I'm curious about what support looks like for you from your closest circle. Yeah, it's very interesting to realize how different we go through the process with my partner. We're very different people, definitely. We perceive things differently. We have different needs to process things and deal with emotion. And sometimes it's so different that it's difficult to share it because it might be hurtful for the other one. For example, my need to talk about it is very far from the need of my partner. It's so important to be tactful, to to know when to talk about it, when it's a good moment for both. But luckily, I have a lot of friends that are there for me. And if I have a need to share something, or sometimes it's about unloading, Yes, it is about dumping yet again, didn't work kind of story. I am very blessed and have people I can discuss this with. Also people that share their stories with me and that makes it a lot easier. Here, I also might say that sometimes I am also mindful of the fact that my story might not be the easiest to digest to some of my close friends. And I think this is... Something to keep in mind that even if I am in need of sharing my story, not necessarily the person I'm turning to is ready or is in the moment. 
So I have a very dear friend that is thinking about becoming a mother, but it's a complicated thing. And she hasn't even started really trying, but she's very scared that she might have problems and the clock is ticking. And yes, if I come with my stories already having a child and then thinking, yeah, I want to have a second one, then yeah, maybe it's too much because she's nowhere there yet. Mm. So I think it's just really good to be mindful of where the other person is in regards of that topic. Yes, you're very right. And I think that's something that people listening to this right now who are friends of people who are going through this might actually be interested in hearing maybe how to even start that conversation. So imagine you reach out to a friend because you need to either unload or talk through it with someone. Is there anything that you might say, ask for, or open with, or is there anything that they could also do that would be helpful for you in terms of communication? Because I think this is a topic that goes beyond the topic of infertility. How do we support people who are struggling and how do we know where to look for that support? For me, I'm in favor of a question. Just, do you want to talk about it? So how are you feeling? Maybe starting with that. And then if there's consent, if there's openness, then maybe asking another question. In general, let's say for me, I find it so, so important to share stories around the taboo of infertility or miscarriage. There are days where I'm just, I cannot lift it today. No, I don't want to talk about it really. No. Tomorrow, if you have a question, please ask me again. Yeah. I think it's so important just to ask. Mm. Ask. If it's a gently, skillfully asked question with some empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel similarly. Usually when you're with someone, you can get a sense of how they are also doing. And I think, like you say, the best is to ask a question or to ask even for permission in a way is, hey, do you have space for me right now? Or do you have emotional space for me right now to talk mm -hmm. about this? Or are you okay to listen? I don't need advice. I just need someone to be here with me. Mm -hmm. Are mm -hmm. you okay to be that person? It's okay if not. You know, I also was thinking about this just this week because I've had quite a week where I've needed to lean on other people. But I'm also very mindful of that. Even with my husband, there are mm -hmm. moments where I wonder, Am I leaning on him too much? Like, is this too much for him? And I actually asked him last night, I know that this is a difficult week for both of us. Is it okay that I'm talking about this so often? And I basically was looking for reassurance from him. And the beautiful man that he is, he's like, this is absolutely okay. Please do share. But I needed to hear that from him in a way. I also don't have a script for how we do this best. But like you say, just really being empathetic and asking questions and asking for permission and also being okay with the response of a no, I think is something that we can all learn from. And actually here I have a story to share. So I discussed my diagnosis with my, yeah, let's call her my cousin. And she just she shared that she, she's actually pregnant with her second child. And she told me that it was not an 
easy getting pregnant process. And then I asked her about some more details, thinking that since I opened up so much and she is talking about her pregnancy, like, okay, we're past this feeling each other, if it's safe to talk about it or not. But then she came with this wall, like, oh, you're so nosy. And it was a reminder for me, okay, there are boundaries and maybe I assume too much. And still, even though she has a child, even though she is pregnant and at the end of the pregnancy, it still is maybe not an easy topic to talk about, about the whole process. Because it was painful, there there was, yeah, many visits at the doctors, at syringes and injections, and 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 and, mm. and it's still so fresh. And so sometimes we assume, okay, it's a happy end. I opened up, so now is your turn. Kind of, mm. you know, sh- shortcut in my head, I guess I made. And yeah, it was just this reminder to not assume too much. And it is a delicate topic, but I don't think we should be scared of asking questions and okay to try and maybe make mistakes, but learn from them. Thank you so much for sharing that story because it's a good reminder also for people like you and I, who I think at this stage of our journey, we are very communicative and very open. Um, But there are people, I imagine if I had been asked some of those questions a year ago or even at the beginning I too would have been uncomfortable so I think let's meet every person where they are and like you say not be afraid of asking questions but also not being afraid of the response and one of my favorite things to say I love communication over assumptions and so people are very welcome to check my assumptions and that goes in this space as well but yeah this is a very nuanced thing there's no playbook I think a lot of people are afraid of saying the wrong thing but sometimes saying the wrong thing is better than not saying anything at all at least that's one of my feelings in this regard I love how this conversation is flowing actually it's (laughs) a lot about communication how we carry ourselves and even make mistakes what's something that you're learning about yourself that you'd like to acknowledge yourself for I am impressed with how strong this inner voice is, this longing, this determination in trying despite high chance of not succeeding to have a second child, how much I can handle, especially, well, the birth of my first child and then the miscarriage. I think these were the highest or the lowest peaks. And how to digest all this, just mainly by this internal dialogue. Retrospectively, when I think about the visits at the doctors, when I just went for a regular check for being conscious that I had a slight suspicion that there might be something minor happening to my pregnancy last year, so my second pregnancy, And then this raising anxiety when the doctor kept on checking and checking and measuring and measuring and didn't say anything and then switched on the microphone and there was no heartbeat, whereas two weeks before at the check there was. And this black 
such a deep black hole I fell in. And within a couple of minutes, with breathing, with trying to like kind of split in my conscious that I had this dialogue, like coaching myself in my head in a way like, it's okay. The baby is not alive anymore. You still carry it. Your body is doing all it can to support it, but it just stopped growing. Just this rational, soothing system that kicked in. I was really impressed with this because very quickly I was able to speak with the doctor about, so what are we doing? What, what does it mean? What are the next steps? And then I left the office and then I was screaming. I, I, I had to let out this emotion that I kind of swallowed in the first reaction just to be able to finish this meeting with the doctor. I even thanked her for being so, she was so mindful in the way she spoke with me, so gentle and how she delivered the information and reassured me that there was nothing that I did wrong, which was very important actually to hear. So I ran to a window to, to breathe because I was hyperventilating then when the emotions raised. And then I sat on the couch and I made this breathing exercise and that really helped me to find my connection, inner peace. And I knew I'll be fine. And I knew that it's not over for me or that I have my son, I immediately thought about how grateful I am for actually having my amazing son that is healthy, for having this amazing body that is doing all it can till the very end to support it. I had this thought that I was so impressed with how fast this self-soothing gratitude system kicked in to deal with this deepest, darkest hole I've ever been in. I think that's the biggest, most impressive thing. Well, my yep. legs are shaking. <laughs> I was wondering what's happening for you right now. Yeah, my voice is shaking. My legs are shaking. There is a rush in my head right now. Yeah, because the sound, I was so much looking forward to the sound of the beating heart. Then this realization was, it was just like this split of a second sharp knife through straight to my heart, cut it into small pieces and yeah, run over a tank. Yeah. I'm really grateful the way that you put that experience into words. I'm very moved by you sharing that story, but also by yeah, the way that you carried yourself through it. It's not not a given. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I uh yeah, I think I gained a lot of respect for myself for the work I've done because somehow I don't know, it's the intuition or karma, whatever, that led me through this experience of gratitude challenge and all these books and podcasts to build up these muscles, the, these mental muscles, to have these tools 
and carry myself through these difficult parts. But also my body, it's just mind-blowing what our bodies can do and heal. And it's so positive to know that we do heal. It takes Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. but we do heal. Yeah, I think that's such an empowering and beautiful message. And also something that we can remind ourselves of is just Mm. how much our bodies are capable of, how much we are capable of, even when we feel like we've been hit by a tank, our hearts Mm -hmm. being cut into a million pieces. We are very strong and it's often not until we hit those really low moments that we realize just how goddamn strong we are. Mm. And I too find that incredibly moving. That depth of human experience and the capacity that we have for immense pain, but on the other side, immense joy and gratitude is really astounding. It's something that I'm learning a lot about going through this journey and hearing these stories. Because we're talking about really difficult things, but at the same time, the human growth and joy that's also there is just, it's just so touching. So Basha, I've really loved the flow of this conversation. It took on its own life and (laughs) such a wonderful reflection. And I'm really amazed by the way that you've carried yourself through these experiences. I'm wondering, is there Anything else that you'd love to share at this point of the conversation? Well, I want to thank you again for this wonderful experience. As I mentioned before, we started recording that it was a bit like petting a hedgehog again. So this spiky bundle of emotions and memories that are painful to prepare for this talk and think what is it that I would like to mention and work through. But it's really very helpful for me and I hope it helps others, other women in particular, to find peace and find the courage to face these emotions and take time to process. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Take time. Sometimes, yes, it does hurt when you put your finger on the very spot that hurts so much, but you have to massage it and then the pain will go away with time. And for me, it is really amazing how enriching this whole journey is of what I now call secondary infertility chapter. It was so beautiful, so touching, such an I peak when we went with my partner to have the check and we were holding our hands with tears in our eyes when we heard the beating heart and then we went for this most beautiful date and it was such a beautiful moment and it's a beautiful memory now even though that it was followed by this deep black hole moment I think we live to experience things for me life is not about keeping it safe and constant and cut all the peaks it's about having these peaks it's about experiencing life and all flavors and it's not all sweet and rosy 
And thanks to that, all the learnings for me about my body, about my mental strength, my personal development, and the network, the contacts, the, the wonderful sto stories that my story opened my eyes to and led me to meet all these wonderful women. I'm so grateful. And even if I have to accept that the family stays with number three, it's great. It's great. It is what it is. And I'm grateful for that. Of course, it's not always easy to sum it up like that. And bitter taste is always there somewhere with the longing or wish for something else. But yeah, I can accept them. Yeah, the words peace, acceptance, and living life with all its peaks and embracing them really shines through in your story and not being afraid of experiencing everything that life has to offer. I think that's a beautiful message for absolutely anyone to hear, regardless of the context. So thank you so much for your wonderful sharing your wisdom and your wonderful storytelling. I love how you put emotions into words. I think that will be very helpful for a lot of people who, who are struggling with exactly that. <laughs>